Knicks it out. 14 to shoot. 26 seconds to play. Nets are down by one. Irving, step back three. Oh! Kyrie Irving buries it for the lead. And that's Kyrie's spot. Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. C. Grant, what's going on? Not much, not much. We're here for episode 33, Patrick Ewing of Views yes, from the sir. Clutch. Um, before we begin, as always, we're going to take a quick moment to thank all of our viewers and listeners, subscribers, and contributors. You can leave us a voicemail on any of the podcast platforms where you find us listed. You can also send us a message directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. You're welcome to tag us on social media on Views from the Clutch on Facebook and Instagram. Episode 33, here we go. Um, it's been a crazy weekend in the NBA so far, bro. Yes, sir, it has been. Yeah, man. Um, I don't think we have, like, a script, so I guess we're going to kind of be, like, playing it by ear tonight. But um, there's definitely a lot to talk about. So um, let's go with a few things. Let, let's go with a few takeaways you've had so far in this early season. Um, it was it's, – it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good season so far. There's some teams that I thought was going to be a lot better to start that are not necessarily that great. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's still early, so that's the, that's one thing that you can never um, doubt from some of these teams. I did not expect Sacramento to be 0-3. I did not expect the the Warriors to get blown out in both games that they played um, to the point where Today, I think they were down at some point about forty-two points to Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, they were they were so, at past the sticks level. They were definitely yeah. at past the sticks level today. Um, so, and then they got beat by thirty-two to the Clippers. Well, I mean that we can't really, you know. No, but I'm just saying for them to be beat by thirty each game. You know, well, this well this game today was what twenty-eight. I, think, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the final score. The final score yeah. saw me because after I showed you that. Yeah, after I showed you that past the sticks, there was no way I was going to stay awake for the rest of what looked like a, a good old trip to the woodshed. Um, yeah, now we lost by uh, 28. Yeah, 28. So still basically 30 points. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, but but the Grizzlies beat the Nets off of uh, Jay Crowder's buzzer beater. He hit the buzzer beater yeah. with like. At the, at, it was literally at the buzzer. Like, as soon as it went in, it was no time on the clock. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. So, in overtime, uh, 134, in overtime. 134 to 133. Um, we might have a new, yo, we might have a, Kyrie might lead the league in scoring. Oh, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But their record, based on what it's taking for Kyrie Irving to, he's had two great games and losses. So he had the 50-point NBA street breaker moment where, you know, he rolled on the floor, got back up, and missed a shot and had 50. And then in a head-to-head with Ja Morant, he goes mm-hmm. off for 37, and his team loses by one to the Memphis Grizzlies. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a lot of interesting um, – early hot takes and takeaways that you, you could possibly come to things that we did speak about over the course of our talking and predicting as we've been building up um phoenix is a surprise they um and let's before we confront phoenix as a whole let's talk about deandre ayton 25 games for testing positive for diuretic 
he has said or a statement has already come out from his camp that they do intend to work through the Players Association to see what they can do to um, handle that. But for the time being, he is already serving his 25 games. I think he's already served two because it happened after game one and they've played two games since. And um, one of those games, they managed to take the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The last game. Yeah. Um, I think prior to that, who did they play? Um, I don't know. But they played somebody, and it was a close game, too. Um, Phoenix has figured it out without DeAndre Ayton in pretty short time. They're going to shoot threes, and if they're hot, you're not going to be able to put them away because that's what they did to the Los Angeles Clippers. They stretched them out and shot their faces off. So, um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of su- not surprised because if you look at the um, – the people they deploy on their roster, everybody has had, you know, it seems like they got rid of all the non-shooters. And then this, I don't think it's a coincidence, but Javon Carter played a lot of minutes. I don't know if Ricky Rubio's hurt already or something. But that he, might be, I don't know. That's why I don't know. But I saw Carter definitely in the game. Rubio, I don't think, got any minutes. But. Yeah. And wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be already a um a reflection of money not well spent? I mean, didn't he just get three years, fifty some odd million to come and be the Starting mm-hmm. point guard for Phoenix, and now you can't even stay on the floor because the second-year guy who went to West Virginia, Bobby Huggins, you know, a jail ball player, has taken over and given stability to to, to the Phoenix Suns. Well, we'll see. I mean, well, it was just Already one game. Boy moves. Uh, just like you said, the um the thing about Phoenix, they lost their they lost the game that they lost. They lost by an overtime by one point to um the, to Denver. So right. the, the games have been competitive because they smacked they smacked um, Sacramento in game one. They lo- they won by twenty twenty nine points. I like how you said I like how you said smacked three times. Like, or <laughs> you, you, sounded, you sounded disappointed in the level of smacking that they that they gave to them. Well, I didn't expect that. You know, to come out game one of the season, I don't expect teams to get blown out first game of the season. It's like you know. And and then the fact that Phoenix wasn't on our radar to win much games. Yeah. Yeah. And um all things considered, like we said, you could wind up you could wind up needing to make more or take more from what you see in this first week if things continue to trend. Because another thing that we didn't anticipate, and I don't know if we got a chance to actually speak about that. We probably missed them in the season review. But Indiana hasn't looked good at all either. No, I mean, they. the only good thing is they do, like I said, I mean, you got you got Brogdon. I mean, he had, th- I thought he had 30 points the last game. Uh, they lost to Detroit. So, they lost to Detroit in game one. They actually lost to the Cavs, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you said, yeah, they, they, they um, they're absolutely right. They don't necessarily look that great. Uh, they got an interesting lineup, though, man. They got T.J. Warren for me. I think that could be their – well, I wouldn't say X-factor, but I think he will be like a, you know, third or fourth leader scorer. I mean, he might average like 15 or maybe 18. Because last year I think he averaged like 18 for Phoenix. Um, so here's some early statistical takeaways. And tell, me, tell, me, tell me what these things say to you just from hearing them. So, currently, the leading scoring team in the NBA is the Miami Heat mm. with 125 points per game. Okay. Uh, the team leading the league in rebounding point per game is Toronto. Hmm. Phoenix is leading the league in assists per game. 
the Clippers are leading the league in field goal percentage. Your Knicks, 12 steals per game. Yeah, I mean, they just, like I said, they, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, the Knicks, their losses, except for last night when they got blown out by Boston, but they were in that game at one point. They were, yes. It was the fourth quarter, and they yeah. were only down like 90 to 83 or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, and your um, and your and your your early pulse to push Alfred Payton to the starting lineup appears to possibly be what may may be what they have to do in order to get to your win projection because he's been stable. Yeah, he's been he's been a true playmaker, point guard, which is what that team needs. Um, R.J. Barrett, he has not disappointed. I must say, I'm pleasantly, 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 pleasantly surprised with the performances he's turned in early i mean especially with his shooting oh man because I, I didn't think he could shoot but he appears to be able to when he gets his feet set to knock down a, a jumper or two um yeah and sticking sticking with Duke guys who are first year players oh man i think we nailed the whole cam Reddish situation right on the head if he can get his gun to work he could be something because he's getting all the opportunity in the world out there in Atlanta. Atlanta is actually, I know I sent you a link to it earlier, but, like, the way Atlanta's playing, like, they've got some people out there in basketball circles thinking that they could they could make the playoffs. I mean, the way, but, Trey, uh, the way Trey Young has been playing, why not? I mean, I think he's, as of right now, he's probably giving Kyrie a run for his money for that leading scorer because for he, him and Kyrie, well, he's averaging, Trey Young is averaging 38 and a half points per game. And Kyrie's averaging 38. Now, that's, that's like I said, this is very early. Some teams have only played two games. Some teams have only played – some play teams have played three. But that's the situation where the fact that the Hawks are winning and, you know, coming from you, it sounded like they, you felt like they were going to possibly struggle with getting, getting um, back – getting more wins than they had last year. The improvement. We had them. I mean, but they have they won thirty some odd games. So an improvement means that they're pushing for a playoff spot. When you're in thirty plus wins, the only upward trajectory for you is to be in the playoff seating or contending for a playoff spot. And I don't think you or I really saw them being able to really crack that that ceiling convincingly. But you're not. Like well, I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they won twenty nine, so they would have to win. 41, if they go by last year's standards to make the plus, so for them that would be, what, a 12-game improvement. I mean, like I said, the thing about these why, you know, winning basketball and creating momentum is important because you get these games out of the way or you get some wins, early wins now, when you get into the course of your season, you know, when it gets thick, you already got a couple of, couple of good wins that maybe last year you you definitely didn't get at this at that mm-hmm. early stage of the season. So you don't want to, even though the NBA gives you 82 games, you, the, a lot of teams can't afford to waste games. Like we, like we all know that, you know, the Lakers would be better than they, what they played. I mean, granted they smacked, they beat up on Utah the other night, but there's certain teams that what their records are right now, or they'll probably get better. But for other teams, you want to make sure that you take have a cushion. Yeah, you, yeah, you want, and plus, like I said, when you get in, yeah, that cushion is going to help because if you get in that slump, you've already, you know, you're well over 500, and maybe that, getting that slump, you might drop down to 500 for some teams, but some teams might need that. So, like I said, that's why I'm like, for, for Sacramento as of now, to be getting blown out in every game they play, that's not a good sign. 
Shout out to Luke Walker. And like I said, I have not seen them a, a, a detailed game to really break down what I've seen from them. But from what I've seen from just the, the box score and also some of the highlights on television, they don't have too many highlights, you know. So the roster is not looking – they're not looking as effective as they you, you would want them to be. Uh, like I said, and that's, that's not a good sign. But like I said, again, this is still very early in the season. Like I said, three games in, two games in for some teams. But you want to capitalize on winning as much as possible as early as often. Because everybody's still in it now. Like I said, the fact that they have the parity in the league, you want to take advantage of that right now. You don't want to waste these opportunities before another super team comes along and then you, you're dead in the water because you your window of opportunity was small. But you didn't take advantage of it. So Okay. So um early things that I believe tend to trend and stay pretty consistent is how well a team is able to defend. Um some of the early season leaders in defensive rating. Well, right now the Golden State Warriors have the worst defensive rating in the league, which makes sense considering how they've been playing. But Utah, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Miami. Cleveland, Philadelphia, Toronto, Denver, Boston, Minnesota, they're, they're currently some of the, the, the teams playing some of the better defense in the league. Atlanta is actually right outside the top 10 at 11. And I did think that we did at least speak to that when we did their season preview that if they were to make a jump, it was going to be because they somehow figured out how to play defense. So whatever they're doing right now because of the wins, they've been close games. Like, Trey Young hasn't – they haven't been blowing the doors off of their opponents from the games that I saw. You know, they they only played two, but mm-hmm. neither one of those were, like, super-duper convincing. Well, I, think they had, I mean, um, they beat the Pistons by 17 game one. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to really speak to that game because I didn't really see much of it. But oh. I think – who was the second game that they played? They played um, – they, they beat the Magic where they he, – he, Yeah. They beat the Magic by four. So. And he hit a off the backboard. He hit a yep. couple of shots during that game. He, he hit a moon ball from yeah. He hit a moon ball from the logo against Detroit. Mm-hmm. He was literally on the the, the Pistons midcourt logo, like by where that N and the S was, and he took one. And there was a defender in the screen with him, and he still just switched it. So, um, but their style of play and how they manipulate and move guys around the floor, especially on offense. It's going to be a trouble, troublesome thing to defend them. I didn't know that Alex Lynn can make threes. I saw him take and make a couple over the past, over these first two games. So that was kind of a, a shocker. Um, John Morant, he's looked every bit of the rookie of the year part. I think he's going to be the, 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 the strong horse candidate. Him and R.J. Barrett is going to be those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Barrett, Barrett's been um, steady for the Knicks. I mean, he's averaging 20, 21 points, you know, and he's he's pretty much – Doing what he was doing in Duke, you know, trying to impose his will on guys, even though he's in a he's in the you know the highest league in the world, but he's still a lot of his plays, a lot of his moves, he's still doing, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of these John Morant highlights right now. He's definitely playing fearless. I mean, he said he's uh, oh, he actually blocked one of Kyrie's shots. Yeah, um, to help save the game. Yeah, so that's, that's one thing. I mean, he had 30 points. He was uh, 13 for 22. Nine assists. I mean, he's got to take the turnovers down, but you expect that from a rookie, and who's and playing, playing a faster pace. Yeah, and Kyrie tonight had thirty-seven, uh, uh, eleven for twenty-seven shooting, seven assists, and two turnovers. So, but eleven for twenty-seven. Yeah, 
So and 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 that's what I was afraid of with him joining the Nets, is that everybody's gonna have this. Oh well, Kyrie is all they got, and you and I both know that that is absolutely not the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that any team that is gonna wind up depending on Kyrie and becoming Kyrie centric is gonna have these issues because he came out of the game in the second half. They were down one. Mm-hmm. He comes back into the game and they were up one, and then the game's over in overtime and they lose by one. So I mean, when your stars play in the game, your 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 plus minus has to swing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Kyrie does enough on the defensive end to offset all of the amazing, you know, offensive package that he brings to to the team. True, 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 true. This uh, Minnesota, the Timberwolves. Yeah, your man, your man, Andrew Wiggins, three straight threes. Andrew Wiggins, three straight threes on fire. He, he, they were tied one on one, so he can retire now. Well, listen, the way he's shooting right now, he's got twenty five points. He's not an eighteen shooting. Uh, they, like I said, he's he's feeling it. He's he's um, it's a minute and twenty eight left, and oh, he cut his braids off. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. got rid of them. Are we gonna beat that? I'm, you got the hot top fade. Now. Okay, okay. Well, maybe it's working for him because he's he's playing pretty good. Like I said, he had three straight threes. Uh, and like I said, now they're up one ten to uh, one on one with a minute to go. So who are they playing? They're playing uh, Minnesota's playing Miami. So it's actually now one one ten to one o three. I had it on the Dallas game. I had it on that's um, Dallas game. and Portland. Dallas and Portland's pretty close game too. But that's got about three three or four minutes left in the game. So I just turned it on to this um Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns just turned it over. Oh, he yeah. just walked. Oh, definitely. Oh, did he ever? Oh my God. Oh, but you know, that's another thing too. Miami's got this rookie, the left handed kid that just missed the shot. But he's Oh, a, yeah, number twenty five. Yeah, but he's a rookie. His name is um something none. Uh, but he he's he's the starter, and he's actually the yeah. leading scorer. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like you said you find these diamonds in a rough. Now, granted, he's probably getting these type of minutes because Jimmy Butler's Butler. not around, but he's a rookie out of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, but the thing about it is great if 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 I am only getting these minutes because Jimmy Butler's not around. Oh, my boy's finally back, Robert Covington. Welcome back to the NBA, brother. Yeah, but like you said, this um, this um, Nun Kendrick Nun is taking advantage because mm-hmm. that that also instills the confidence. That also shows the organization that hey, we could plug this guy in and he's ready to go. So even if Jimmy Butler comes back, somebody gets in foul trouble, or they need a six man to come off the bench, or they need somebody to give him that spark. They've already shown what he can do. I mean, because between the two games, he's already averaged he's averaging over twenty one points a game. In, on, in only 27 minutes. So, they're just... And remember, Deion Waiters got suspended to open up the season but, for con- conduct detrimental to the team. I don't know if he's played since then, has he? No, to my knowledge, he has not played at all. Uh, like I said, and the thing about it is, like you said, when you got guys like this stepping up, now you become expendable, more expendable. So... And Tyler Hero has been everything that, that we said and everybody's projected him to be. He's been a steady shooter. Mm-hmm. He, he's actually shown more ball handling skills than I knew he actually had. So um, we said during the, during the preview of Miami has a perimeter glut. So 
another guy being added to the mix when they subtracted two. Remember, because Ellington is gone. I forgot what Ellington is. He's on the Knicks. He's on the Knicks. Yeah, he's the Knicks. And then um, uh, who else did they have that was on that backcourt that's gone now? Josh Richardson got traded. Mm-hmm. Now he's on He's on Philly. Goran Dragic is healthy. Um, you got the kid Nunn. You got the kid Hero. You, you, um, Miami has moved around a lot of perimeter talent. Their other kid, the left-handed kid, Tyler Johnson, he's actually a part of he's the Phoenix a- Suns resurgence. Mm-hmm. So he's played very effective over there. So, um, yeah, um, Miami, yeah, they're about to lose this game. Minnesota's going to be, what, 2-2 two and two or 2-1 two and one to start the season? Because their first game, they didn't look very good and lost. And then the next two, it appears no, they, 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 one. One. They, they beat the, they beat the Nets to start the season. Who do they beat to open the season? The Nets. They're undefeated. Minnesota's oh. undefeated. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, undefeated? I thought they lost that first game. No, they didn't. I didn't realize they, it was against the Nets. That, yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the rollover. That's the yes. rollover minutes game. Exactly. My bad, Kyrie. No disrespect. I, I, I'm sorry. I gave you a win. I gave you credit for a win that you didn't get. My bad. I apologize uh, to you, Kyrie. You took an L. But, yeah, you know, as you know, I'm a I'm an endorser of Wiggins. I do believe that he'll figure it out. Yeah, I figured it's good to see him have. <laughs> okay, just right. saying because right. you be all, all right, right. R.J. Barrett's barber. No, 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 no. He told he told me today when I was shaping him up, he gonna have eighteen, five, mm-hmm. and three. Nah, he's actually had more than that. He's had he hasn't had less than <laughs> he hasn't had less than twenty since he came into the league. So. Talk that RJ Barrett stuff. Um, any other, any other, any other eyebrow raises that? Um, I mean, okay, so let's talk about. Um, it. Do we do we need to demote Golden State now to to be ahead of everybody? Not ahead of everybody, but just to because we we luckily did not cover them in our um, season preview, and I'm glad we didn't because we did have them kind of like hard penciled, like oh, no matter what, they're gonna figure out a way to get to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. early, but they're in extreme danger. Uh, extreme danger. This is not what they expected. I'm sure this is not what they expected. I mean, this is, I mean, and granted, Steph could probably say, look, I'll get an easy start to the summer. I got a family. I can see my kids grow up. So, cause now I haven't seen them grow up cause they've been playing until like June, almost July where my season's over now in October. You know, it's been- nah, it's more <laughs> like, it's, it's more like, it's more like now I get an opportunity to be home instead of having them at press conferences all summer. Mm-hmm. That's really all it's going to boil down to because that's how his kids became, not how, but that's part of how his kids became on Oh, you know, it's cool or I'm looking at, okay, oh, I'm looking at the Dallas-Portland game. They actually have like um, on the floor kind of a logo of an uh, image of uh, Dirk yeah, the one legged, the one legged fadeaway. That's their, that's their court imprint. So, mm-hmm. so that's their way of saying thanks to you know a franchise legend. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we dealing with here? Um, I think, I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway is the, um, the fact that I well actually for me the one of my one of my biggest takeaways are is the fact that um. The Sacramento's so bad. There was one, like I said, they were my sleeper team. And like I said, they were so though bad. The fact that Golden State is so bad, and we kind of figured that we'll be in that bubble for, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. But like I said, they start getting blown. They're getting disintegrated, like I said, in the first two games. That's not good. They're getting the, 
they're getting the doors blown off of them. So, like, seriously. And I think it almost looks like two different sports leagues level of competition as far as, like, almost like, is that the – now, we do know that the Warriors have, like, the second youngest roster actively in the NBA, which is a, a bad sign as far as playoff success goes because young teams or teams that age young rarely do make the playoffs. There's almost like a certain age cutoff. I think it is somewhere between like 24, 25 years old, your team average age and being in the playoffs, that's like the youngest. I think the Thunder were like one of the first teams to buck that trend when they took that Harden. Westbrook and um, Durant Court to the finals. They were, they were very, very young, as long as Serge Ibaka. So I don't want to make it seem like I forgot him. But mm-hmm. outside of that, there, there's, you know, almost like a, a trend that you have to be of a certain age and experience level to really be able to get into the playoffs. But um, the talent drop-off of what Golden State has minus their, their players being gone, it's drastic. It's drastic. Like, you know, there's like four guys actively playing on the Golden State roster right now. Now they do also have injuries, but they're like four guys actively on it. They're like two-way players, and they're getting heavy minutes. So it's yeah. not really much of a surprise considering who they're trotting out there with the outcome and the result that they have. But, I mean, Steve Kerr's giving teaching moments in 30-point mm-hmm. 30 blowouts. So how far yeah, might he have fallen? Yeah, but this is, this is the thing where you say, Man, you need you need help. You need offense. You know, I mean, I'm not saying this will, will happen because I definitely like it's very unlikely to me. But um, you're gonna give a call to Carmelo or J.R. Smith, somebody people that could veterans that could come in and help. Like I said, because you're giving up so much on on defense. Neither one of those guys are locked down defenders. But you need some offense. Like I said, when you have um, Glenn Robinson the third. You know, averaging fourteen points or your third leading scorer for your team, uh, yeah, you got some problems. Yeah, so um, so, and a lot of teams like this, like I said, you talking about a team like Golden State, you need some vets. I mean, I think that's what helps a lot of these teams. They get they have vets, and, and veterans help out. Like they help with the locker room. They help with. Uh, Minnesota won that game one one sixteen. To one oh nine, so that was um, Andrew Wiggins leading the scorer had twenty five points, six rebounds. Carl Anthony Town had twenty three points, eleven rebounds, four assists, two steals. You don't, uh, you don't you don't have to be so excited about the fact that Andrew Wiggins led led a game of scoring. It really doesn't have to. Mm, Dame, oh, Dame Dame just took the lead. He blew by Donkic, uh, Luca Luca Doncic. Uh, with a layup, so now there's now Trailblazers up one twenty to one nineteen in the fourth quarter with uh, twenty six seconds left. So uh, we'll, we'll this that's a game. This is a good game, and the fact that the the that's I also like, the the Trailblazers home court is also where Doncic's regular season mystique started to really gain steam. They're showing the replay. I'm pretty sure you're seeing it too of the the fadeaway out of bounds for the game buzzer beater that he hit. Um, well, I'm watching this on um, NBA TV, so I didn't go oh, to the. Um, yeah, so. well, I, I'm watching it through the uh, the season pass channels because I guess they're still gotcha. free. 
Oh, got you, got you, got you. So it's more of a centralized broadcast. So that's another reference back to an earlier cast we did where, you know, it's a reflection of how you're watching the NBA and what you're being presented can be different. So on the actual direct broadcast, they are showing that. And on the NBA TV, I guess they got an overlay or something running where they're speaking about it. But it's probably about to go live right now back on NBA TV because um, Brunson is about to inbound the ball. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Okay, so here we are, late game ex- execution, Portland 120, Dallas 119. There's only a second and a half difference between the shot clock, so this is essentially the game shot right here. This is one where Doncic could, oh, step back three with 12 seconds on the clock. Dallas misses, gets the rebound. Oh, Finney Smith got the rebound and went back up. Looked like the ball got cleanly stripped away, but they just called a foul, so. Mm-hmm. So this looks like it's going to be one of those situations where now we get a Dame Dollar, C.J. McCollum potential. <laughs> oh, man. Already? This, this is what the NBA is so great about, that just that quick you get a clutch moment that early in the season in a game that does kind of matter because, you know, Portland and Dallas, they got a little button rivalry going there, you know? Well, these are teams that are going to be fighting for pos- different positions, so. Well, Portland was the third seed last year, and Dallas wasn't even seeded. So, mm. yeah. But no, the um, but also the the uh, Pazingas and Doncic uh, situation seems like it's working out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, Pazingas has got thirty two points in this game. Um, I haven't seen him touch the ball, but you know, Luca is the kind of the go to guy. So, yeah. Uh, it, but but that's the thing. If you have that one two scoring punch. I mean, you got to figure between the two of them is 61 points right now. That's a heavy load now. And they've scored outside of them basically another 59 because they had 119. Mm-hmm. So you still, yep. even with guys that good on your team, and it was actually Damon. It looks like it's a clean strip. I don't know if they're showing you the replay, but we're looking at the replay. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the challenge. replay. Oh, well, I mean, he fouled him before he did it. He definitely had body contact before he knocks the ball clean away. But I don't know if they were calling it up top. I don't know what they called. So what was the call on the floor? Did a they foul. call a foul? Okay. They called a foul. And I guess the coaches initiated a challenge. How do you feel about that? So far, the last time I had checked, the NBA coaches were something like 3 four, eleven, <laughs> in their first few yeah. opportunities to challenge. You get one challenge, and if the challenge is upheld, then obviously the call gets reversed, but you don't get the challenge back. And um, mm. Yeah, it's one challenge per game. And the thing about it is, but I don't know. Okay, this is okay. This is a coach's challenge. Okay, yeah, coach's challenge. So, I mean, I'm, I think it's cool. I think it's cool because you're only getting one. It's not like the NFL where you're getting two per. And they change it to a jumper. Like and the coach actually upheld the challenge. So Terry Stotts has successfully challenged a late game foul call on Damian Lillard when the ball was knocked away from Finney Smith, which I alluded to. Like it didn't necessarily look like a block. It looked more like a clean strip. They have changed it from a foul on. Um, on um, Damian Lillard to a jump ball. So now, instead of Dallas getting two free throws or, you know, in a late game to possibly go up by one, now they have to win a jump ball to try and get the ball back to overcome a one-point deficit. So that coach's challenge is going to be something special. Well, and the thing about it, the fact that you get one in a close game like this is good that he held it because it was – I mean, like I said, it, the fact that you – if you if you get if he would did it earlier in the um the game he wouldn't be able to use it use it so correct only have, so you only get I one think, shot you know it's it's like getting mm-hmm. you know but it's in like, this case it helps 
like Iron Man, you know, some of the weapons that he got, they only one-offs. So this culture challenge is a one-off. And I would think that common sense would dictate that you hold that until you get into the, the latter part of the game. Because, yeah, things happen over the course of the game that could swing momentum, but <clears throat> there's very few calls that I think you would really want to throw your challenge away on to ensure. Well, oh, and it's interesting. It's not the it's, – it's, uh, it's a jump ball – with, I guess the center. It looks like it looks like Porzingis, but doesn't yeah. is that is that Rodney Hood? Yeah, I, well, he's the tallest guy on the court, but for for Portland, and Portland got the ball. Dame Lillard, just, yeah, Dame Lillard just dunked it. Yep, it was game over pretty much. Oh, I mean game no. over, but not game over. Oh, they called a foul before he passed it off. Oof, that kind of sucks. Uh, so now it's still. Portland I'm still up, trying but... to understand how Rodney Hood wound up being the guy doing a jump ball versus a Porzingis. Well, it had to be because they took the two tallest people on each team. Because if you look who's on the floor right now for the for the Trailblazers, it's kind of like a small ball lineup. So uh, it's just so Bazemore's at the line to shoot two. I thought which Lakes was first. odd. I was just kind of odd because I thought that um, the two players involved. And that issue would be the people jumping it, not, you know. I think like, when they do a stoppage, they, they go back to the default jump ball rules rather than being that it wasn't a jump ball that the refs call on the spot, like a contest for the ball. It had to be overturned. I guess they reset to the default rules for a jump ball, and you get to elect who you're sending. So, Baysmore just missed it. Dallas didn't have any timeouts. No. Oh. Got uh, a chance to win. Oh no, Hardaway, no. he's not gonna win that one. Yeah, Unbelievable. That. Yeah, so Hardaway just missed a, um he missed a Trey Young for the win. So well. Mm-hmm. So Dallas mm-hmm. is now lost to Portland. Mm-hmm. Which Portland is not is. really as a surprise because Portland is projected to remain in their playoff challenging position. But um, a this... close game is definitely not a surprise to me. Uh-huh. And now Dallas is not is no longer undefeated. So they're max basically they have the same record now. Uh two two on one. And, and again, what? we're not gonna get too crazy with like regular season records at this point in the season. Teams have only played like three games, but um yeah, it's definitely interesting to see what some of the, the early week activity has been in the NBA. Like, I, I've definitely been intrigued. Like you said, Trey Young has looked good. Donovan Mitchell has looked really good, even even though they haven't, you know, they didn't win every game. Like, you know. Yeah, they but, only lost to the Lakers, though. Yeah, yeah, only the Lakers. But <clears throat> that loss to the Lakers, they really got, like, you know, baby-fooded for that entire game, which was a surprise considering, you know, Rudy Gobert normally does his thing, and he's able to secure the middle regardless of who the other team's front line is. But it just seemed like, or, you know, like the Lakers just were essentially too big for them. And LeBron James appears to be, he appears to officially embrace that he's going to post up any and everybody who is not the same height as him with the ball. And his perimeter attack is going to go back to being something that he thinks of only when he has to. So the Lakers are going to be really heavily pushing to do a lot of interior scoring, it seems. And, um, I hope that bodes well for them because it really boils down to what their shooters do now based on the fact that their prime players are going to be keeping the ball, you know, inside the the restricted area for the most part. 
Um, any teams, any anybody out there that we didn't mention yet that 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 you wanted to talk about or didn't get a chance to speak on yet? Uh, not offhand, no. <clears throat> yeah, you already you already done slandered Andrew Wiggins, so I don't think you can go back to him. Um, what <laughs> like I said, um, Cam Reddish, he he hasn't exactly got his shot together, which. Honestly, can't really be a surprise because he had issues shooting. And I don't want to say issues in the sense that, well, he had issues shooting. He shot less than 30% from three in college. I don't know what his shooting percentages are now, his splits. But in the, the couple of games that I've witnessed, uh, the other guy that they drafted, DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. he's definitely shot better. Now, they haven't been okay. the same type of shots because Cam Reddish has been shooting from pretty much any and everywhere, and it's been the same result not going in. DeAndre Hunter has been taking a lot of mid-range jumpers. He's also taken a few threes I've seen. But it's kind of surprising considering one guy came out of college billed as a shooter. The other guy came out as his shooting is questionable, and here we are. They're producing the opposite out on the court. So that's just another reminder that you can't, you can't be too presumptive of what you think is going to happen with these guys because the NBA just brings a whole different level of exposure and um, recognition to what these guys can and can't do on a daily basis. I mean, I don't think either of us, like, you're not surprised by how Trey Young's been producing, right? Like, that's not a surprise. We, you kind of saw that he's got that ability to detonate, and that second year is usually, what do we call that, the leap, the leap year for second-year players? Mm-hmm. So it looks mm-hmm. like Trey Young is definitely in a position to take that leap. I don't really see much of anything that's going to be able to slow him down other than teams really starting to lock in and super-duper game plan for him. But um, him and John Collins definitely represent, like, one of the, the best rising duos in the league. Definitely. Because mm. John Collins is averaging – did you know he was averaging 20 and 10 or close to 20 and 10? Really? Last no, I year. didn't know that. Last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Close to 20 and 10. Yeah. Yeah, you can see. He was, um, but I mean, he's definitely, but you, as we, as we talked about in the Atlanta preview, I mean, he gets probably six to eight points a game just off of lobs or a little quick, easy passes from Trey Young, you know, so. That's not to his detriment, though. I mean, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that, so that way it shows that his stats can get, he can get to 18 to 20 points a game. But he's because also shooting threes. Yeah, I saw him the other day. He shot a three. I think it was against um, – I wouldn't believe it was Detroit that he shot the three against. And it went in? Did it go in, the, the three that you saw him? Um, no, but he shot it like – Like he confident. Like he was like it's very confident. He's done. Like, I do this. So, mm-hmm. I think that definitely adds another layer of um, versatility to his game. Like I said, one, I was surprised that they held on to Alex Lynn because I really didn't know what type of redeeming value he could give a team like the Hawks, because he's kind of like, again, without that unknown quantity that he apparently has, which is a three-point shot, it's like, hey, this is just some big, tall dude that's just going to be not very mobile and not very useful in the type of offense that they need to run, where they're constantly out of the way to give Trey Young lanes to be able to do all the things that he's capable of. But the fact that he can be out there in a corner, in a short corner, and make threes, that, that's very interesting, man. That's very interesting. I, 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 think, I think we may wind up in a couple more weeks having to revisit what the Hawks are up to. So I'm glad that we got an early beat on the possibility that that team – I mean, honestly, their weaknesses really aren't too glaring for a team that 
capable of going to the playoffs. They have a they have a pretty sturdy young one two punch with Trey Young and John Collins. They got enough veteran leadership and young talent in flanking them that you know mm-hmm. it's going to be an eighty two game run. You know they could push. Um, Chicago, yeah, I, I, Chicago, has, Chicago has lived up to what you said, which is that <laughs> you didn't think that they were going to be very good at winning. But Cam, uh, their rookie point guard, he's actually been good. So Kobe White, Kobe White, I'm sorry. So Kobe White has played played pretty well in in their early season games, but hasn't led to too many wins yet for Chicago. I think Chicago's well, either one and two or zero and two. I don't think they've won either of their games yet. I haven't. can't verify. Let me take a look. See, Chicago, yeah, Chicago, yeah, they're one and two. Yeah, one and two. And they're middle of the pack defensively. And I t- like I said, if if they don't improve on defense, then it's going to be off and not. Um, another revelation that's on that Atlanta Hawks roster is um, Jabari Parker has been playing very well. Yeah. So um, the Spurs have been the Spurs. Spurs of course. Uh, I think DeMar DeRozan had a clutch drive to the basket to secure a win in their last game. Um, their defensive rating, they haven't really locked in, locked in yet, but I definitely think that they're going to have to get better on defense. But that assembly of players that they have on their team, like we said, that machine mentality that they have over there in San Antonio, I think they're going to continue to steadily incline. Um, I was alarmed at Phoenix beating the Clippers, but how they did it is the only way that I can really envision a team being able to beat the Clippers, and that is to outshoot them. Mm-hmm. Like, you really have to gun them down because they're going to do everything else just as good or if not as well at you. And and they might be able to shoot with you depending on how good your team is. Like I said, Phoenix really played out of their mind to get that win. Kaminsky was out there dunking on people. Frank Kaminsky. Now, I'm not saying he can't dunk. Of course, he's capable of it, but usually the defense is good enough to keep him from getting those type of opportunities. But he was dunking, shooting threes, basket drives. Like, these are things that when he was in Charlotte, people forgot he was doing that in Wisconsin. So, mm. so when a guy like Monty Williams finds a way to unlock you and you can bring that skill set that got you drafted, because he, was, he wasn't a low-rated draft pick. He was something like, what, number seven or something like that. When, when Michael Jordan reached for him, it wasn't a far reach. He reached up pretty high to grab Frank Kaminsky. But it's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think he was drafted seventh for yeah. some reason. Or uh, ninth, maybe. Yeah. So, um, Toronto, they have not failed. They have not yet disappointed me. I mean, I think – I think because of what they're returning with and who they lost, that they're going to be the team that you'll be able to look at them and see them for who they are from pretty much the first week of the season all the way through. They're already top 10 in the league in defense, and I don't think that they're going to probably steer from that. They were top five, top five on both sides of the ball, and I'm pretty sure that their offense will catch up. They deployed, what was it, that double guard lineup in their first game mm. with uh with Van Vliet and um, – Kyrie, um, um, Kyle, Lowry. Kyle Lowry out there, and they were very, very productive. Um, I don't know who it was they lost to in the three games that they played, but they were definitely impressive that opening night against New Orleans. Now, obviously, New Orleans was short-staffed, so I don't know how much you really should try to take from that. But Oh, and they're first in the league in rebounding, too. Interesting. Yeah, so they're just outside the top ten in both scoring and They defense. lost to the Celtics. They're also the Celtics. Right, which is nothing to really be too ashamed of. The, 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 Scout, the Celtics are helter-skelter or Jekyll and Hyde, however you want to, you know, their identity still has yet to be determined. 
all those wings that they have. Have you watched any of the Celtics early games? I did. I did. Um, I watched a couple. I watched, like I said, a little bit of last night's game, not much. And I watched some of that uh, Philadelphia game as well. Oh, the Joel and B got bloody game. Yeah. And the Celtics still lost that game, right? Yeah, like I said, they lost this Philadelphia game. No, no, wait. Uh-huh. Yeah, Celtics they beat, lost. They, they beat the Raptors and they beat the Knicks. And they lost to Philly. They play um, the next game up for them is Milwaukee at the middle of the week, I think on Wednesday. Speaking of Milwaukee, did Milwaukee lose in an overtime game where Giannis had a really big game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had um, – they lost. What's gonna call it? Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. They they lost to um the Heat. Yeah, Miami, in Miami. Um, they beat the Rockets, and that was the Rockets' home opener. Mm-hmm. That was the first time we saw James Harden and um, Westbrook. They said James Harden. I mean, honestly, the reason why the Rockets aren't as good as they were is just James Harden's field goal percentage is atrocious. I mean, when they lost to Philadelphia. I mean, I feel off when they lost to to Milwaukee. If I'm not mistaken, that that um, yeah, he was he was uh two for thirteen from the field. I mean, granted, he had fourteen assists, but he also had seven turnovers. So that's not that's not too good of a um. And it's Russell, not what you want. And Russell Westbrook has put together what back to back triple doubles already. There's only three games. Uh no, the, the first the first game. They have they play tomorrow night is their third game, but uh last night they played the Pelicans and they won by three, but he has not put a triple double yet in all three games. He's been close, but he has not. So he put up a triple double yesterday. Um the other last game. The last game he put up a triple double. And actually by him putting up that triple double, he passed Magic Johnson right. number two all time in triple doubles. So he's got um the big uh Oscar Robinson is number one if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's passed and, he passed Magic for second all time. Mm-hmm. So now he's hitting that second. So like I said, with the but the thing about the, with with the Rockets and the the way their system is and the way he plays, he can he could you know, he's gonna be he's gonna average I would say average triple double, but this won't be the last time he gets a triple double this season. Do you have any takeaways from that video that went um, viral during that game? They were playing the Bucks, I think it was, when Russell and um, and Harden kind of got into it. Did you see that clip? I saw that. I saw that. But I mean, I I don't I don't think much of it. I mean, as you say, guys were a little upset or whatever, but. And it was early really... in the game too, so it didn't. I didn't really understand the context of it because some I, I, it got missed in, in me watching the game. So when uh, somebody sent me that clip and they was like, "Oh, we need to talk about this," I, I forgot to mention that that it was sent to me for the purpose of doing what we're doing now, which is to discuss it. But yeah, they were like, "You know, do you have any takeaways from it?" And lo and behold, like thirty minutes later, because it would happen live, I got another clip of them like being buddy buddy from the same game. So it was just like. Uh, I guess we don't really have to make it too pressing of an issue. I'm literally recalling. It's been an active weekend for me, so I apologize. But, yeah, I'm literally recalling the, the, the context of that whole situation. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that their, their, um, their symbiosis, their chemistry is going to be a lot of emotion behind it. And I think they're both going to have angry faces and, you know, animated discussions and a lot of pointing. And, uh, but I think because of the, 
the genuine kindredness that they have, having spent that time together in Oklahoma City, I don't think any of us or anybody from the outside is really going to be able to have a true understanding of whether or not there's a problem. Whereas when things started to get bad, or I don't want to say bad, but when things started to go the way they did with his previous backcourt partner with Chris Paul, it was kind of like, by the time that season was over, everybody kind of knew, like, yeah, I don't know. They might not be able to trade Chris Paul because of his contract, but they're going to have to figure out something. And sure enough, something got figured out. But I don't, mm-hmm. think, that'll, I don't think that'll be the case no matter what we see on the sidelines of these um, Houston Rockets games. I think that, that that situation, you know, they're going to continue to fight and push for each other because they have a brotherhood that, that goes beyond just being, you know, teammates those guys are both southern california kids who grew up together like like russell said when he got introduced he's like i've known james harden since i was like 10 years old so i think mm-hmm. they'll be fine um yeah i think your uh your lakers are up they say they're losing right now 17 14 to charlotte and um and los angeles oh i was gonna say another rookie who was doing pretty good last to start start out uh pj washington mm. who plays who plays for the, the charlotte, charlotte bobcats Hornets. No, yeah, well, the Hornets. Yeah, I'm sorry. And he was a rookie out of Kentucky, but he he was um shooting lights out. Yeah, he's averaging about 18 and a half points. Like he said his first game against the Chicago Bulls is when I first saw him on TV, and I was like, he hit. I think if I'm not mistaken, like five threes. Yeah. But it was at one point where he hit. I think th- three of them all within a span of like a minute. So he was um. That's the thing. He like I said, this season is going to have some. Diamond in the rough. Yeah, um, Cameron Johnson, who the Suns reached for, and they reached, Mm -hmm. they they went and grabbed him higher than he was projected to be. He's turned out to be, I mean, he was a knockdown shooter at North Carolina as well. But um, the reason why I brought him up is because he's a part of that, like, that assembly of, hey, I didn't know. I didn't know you guys had all this all on one team that Phoenix does have. And I think that when they get DeAndre back, they're going to look to, you know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton you to, you know, keep them. So that's going to be their steady diet. But you're going to get a lot of shooting against that Phoenix team because everybody on that team is able to step out and shoot a three. They, they really did get rid of anybody with shooting issues. And the only one that they added with a shooting issue was obviously Ricky Rubio. And he's probably one of the best people in the league to generate open shots for other people, especially on the perimeter. So the fact that Javon Carter has stepped in and given them some some minutes, like, I don't know. Phoenix may be a team for everybody to keep their eyes on. They may not ascend much higher than where we predicted them because we really didn't have them up high. What did we had them in the teens, maybe, winning? Yeah. So, Do you recall? Um, not 100% sure. But I don't think we put them too far above what they had recently did last year as far as, like, their total win. So we didn't give them an opportunity to be able to step in and challenge for a playoff spot. I still haven't seen enough to think that. But just keep that, just keep that in mind. Everybody out there listening and watching that, you might want to tune your, your, your free opportunities when you, when you have an ca- opportunity to catch a late game to a Phoenix Suns game to see what they got going on out there because there might be something for you to tune into later on as far as the players that they have available. We all know that Devin Booker is going to go out there and give you all-star caliber level performances, but it just looks like that whole team is playing differently, especially with the absence of DeAndre Ayton. Maybe they rally behind that and go on a, on a win streak or something like that. Um, trying yeah. to think what else do we have? Uh, um, Marquise Chris has actually played pretty well for Golden State in spite of 
how badly they've been getting dropped. And it's good to see that there's a chance that he might be able to find some stability because Marquise Chris got drafted by Phoenix and then he got shipped to Cleveland. And then in the offseason, he came to Golden State. So maybe maybe they found a spot for him because Golden State seems to always be able to find guys who didn't fit in other places that make them work in Golden State. So I hope that plays out for him because he seems like he's a good kid, very talented, highlight-worthy potential. Hmm. He does a little bit of everything. Now, Marquise Chris, he's, um, he actually played for Houston uh, 16 games last year. Right. So he did Houston, he did Cleveland. And Phoenix. Phoenix, uh-huh. and and what is he a third year player or a fourth at the most? I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I think Marquise Chris is like in his third year. And oh, when you're oh in the, wait, I, yeah, oh no, no, he's in this. This would be numbers. This is number five. Oh, he's been in the. This is his fifth year because he, because he fifth year. Yeah, because he played two years for Phoenix, got dumped, got dumped to, to to Cleveland for a year. And they got dumped to Houston for the rest of the, the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know how D'Antoni is with uh, young guys. If you're not a young guy who didn't play in like Kazakhstan or some weird place where regular basketball is not being taught, you don't get an opportunity to play. Like it, it's it's amazing to be a D'Antoni discovery. You literally have to have come from out of nowhere. Because did you know anything about Daniel House before Daniel House became a, you know a, a prominent part of Houston's roster? Mm-mm. And I'm not saying it like, like I, I we're not gonna go look him up immediately. But obviously, Daniel House has, has been putting in work. But there's always a guy like that on a Dan Tony roster, so I'm not surprised. No, um, of course not. And they usually are a guy who you know did like two or three years in the D League or the G League. I, actually, they had Anthony Bennett, but Anthony Bennett got hurt, so he didn't get the opportunity to take himself all the way through camp. But that, that was looking to be a possible reclamation project for the Rockets. I'm pretty sure when he gets healthy, some other team might give him a look. Um, the number one fantasy point scorer in the NBA is Kyrie Irving. Hmm. Well, obviously, when you put in a video game numbers, it's going to make sense that your fantasy numbers are going to be high. But, yeah. Coming into the night, he had made more three-pointers than anybody else. Well, no, that's not the whole entirety. But last last night he made the more threes this year, today. He's got the today high for threes right now with five. Oh wow. That's crazy. Um yeah, I'm just I got the NBA.com stat tracker just running while we talk, just seeing if there's anything out there that inspires a conversation point. My boy Spencer Dinwiddie, man. I like dude. I love his game. Um New Jersey's gotta get their defense I'm not Jersey, but the Brooklyn Nets have got to get their defense back, man. They gotta get their defense back ASAP. You you can't have the Grizzlies scoring 134 points on you. True. You can't. And, and, I mean, obviously, they went into overtime against Minnesota. So, these are two teams that, like, not for nothing. It, it is kind of expected that you're going to deal with them and deal with them in short order. And these teams, and that's the, that's the beauty of the NBA, if you, if you don't put a team away that's, quote, unquote, supposedly you're better than, you wind up looking at them at the end of the game where anything can happen and anything can happen and you wind up losing. And these are games that you wind up can't getting back, you know? So absolutely. That's why, like you were saying, that early season cushioning is very important. It's very important to teams that are trying to exceed expectations because this is when you, you and it's maybe bad to say it or a misnomer, but you still wins. 
you still wins. You you get wins when teams aren't at their full strength. They aren't fully prepared or they don't know the playbook or whatever the case may be. But it's an opportunity for you as a team because you're just a little bit ahead of the bell curve than the team you're playing against to come out with a win. And you need those. You need those. So um do you have any further takeaways? Because we're already approaching our um, No, no, no. That's pretty that's threshold. pretty much it. Um like I said, for for a couple of days and to talk about the season and how our previews went and how like I said, some teams are on pace to pretty much be what our preview said and there's some other teams that are on pace to um, you know, break that go in a totally different direction. Yeah, so I think um I think that's a good way to kind of wrap it up kind of today was uh, what to do with um? God, look, Bismack Biombo, he look crazy. What does he have hair? No, it just it's what he tried to move just now, and it just didn't look right. It just didn't go right. He tried. He got an offensive rebound. He tried to put it back up, but he was trying to score Anthony Davis, so that wasn't going to go well for him. Poor Bismack. So you know, but, I'm sorry to say, but there's always one dude who who has like the. I mean, it's been Bismack Biombo his, his career, but there's always one dude who's just uncomfortably athletic in the NBA, and Bismack has been like top five on that list since he got there. And then like his variable height, oh my god, it's been so hilarious. Like I think when he got drafted, they were like, oh, he's six eleven. Then he got on the court, but I was like, man, that dude ain't no six eleven. He looked like six seven and a half. And they still got him playing center, so. Mm-hmm. Where's the Laker game at? What channel are they putting the Laker uh, game? I'm watching it actually. They're showing some clips of it right now on NBA channel, but it's on another League Pass channel. And yeah, I'm looking at the League Pass channel. Um, Danny Green just missed the pull up jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the same. It's, it's up top. Uh, oh, Dwight just caught an yep. alley. Okay, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dwight. Dwight, you still got some bungees? Now, uh, I mean, based on what we know and what we've been speaking of, the Lakers should, you know. This shouldn't be a game where they have too much difficulty. Obviously, Charlotte is still an NBA franchise, but as far as the talent disparity, they should be able to. Well, we'll see. Oh, mm-hmm. But on that note, man, as always, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to Views from the Clutch. If you would like to reach us, as always, you can go ahead and leave us a voice note on any of the podcasting platforms where we are located, social media, Views from the Clutch. Direct message us via email at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Without a three, two, one, you'll still say peace. Peace.